So I, I think it's pretty obvious. The title of this needs to be Blondes Don't Cry. Nice. I don't know if you knew. I don't know how much like deep into the research you did, but the album was supposed to be called Boys Don't Cry, but then it got switched to Blonde. Okay, I knew the Boys Don't Cry. It's also the name of like the magazine that came out. That's what I knew. It and from. it's yeah. also also a Cure song, of the Cure oh. song. Okay. Their first like single ever. Nice. Okay. I so, Blondes Don't Cry, I think, will be the title of this, our Frank Ocean Blonde special, episode 22.5 of Shuffle. Oh, Hello yeah. and welcome. If you want to listen to Frank Ocean's Blonde, you can find it on Spotify and mm -hmm. Apple Music. I'll have links to both of those on the web post for this episode. Or if you want to acquire it in other ways, do what you got to do. Not so easy to find on YouTube. Copyright police are all up. Oh, yeah? They must be working in shifts, man. Did you Damn. Did you look for it on YouTube? Yeah, that's where I... That's, some people love flak files. Some people love vinyl. I just love the sound of a good YouTube upload. I like upload. 480p YouTube yeah, video streams. Exactly. It just, I don't know if it sounds the best, but uh, it just has that warm sound. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> warm. I, I guess before you listen to this, what was kind of just generally, what was your take on Frank? What did you know about him? Did you have any thoughts about him? Did you know anything about him? I not only... Had I not really listened to Channel Orange or his Nostalgia Ultra, that yeah. his first, not only had I not listened to any of his two previous releases, but I still haven't, actually. So I'm a little bit of a fraud. So, But my impression was just that he was a very popular kind of indie-esque experimental R&B musician, but I just R&B has never been anything I've been remotely interested in. So have you... If you never even like heard any of his like big singles that came up before, like Thinking About You or Pyramids or Forrest Gump, I probably no. heard them, but I I could I I actually don't know. I've never knowingly heard them. It's All right, Ocean. and I guess kind of like a meta question to stack on top of that, yeah. since this is kind of the first Odd Future related artist to appear on the podcast. Yeah, do you have any experience with the Odd Future collective of? of any way or sort or Tyler the creator wait and is Earl Sweatshirt Earl Sweatshirt those two I've listened to they're like the yeah Earl Frank and Tyler are probably like the biggest the three biggest three okay from yeah the, those the, are the group then yeah Tyler I've listened to and Earl Sweatshirt I've listened to he has like he has more than two albums for sure but I've listened to two of his albums he his two most recent albums one was called Doris and the other one is called I don't like shit i don't go outside yeah that one i've heard the most yeah and i like that and then he has yeah. like an old mixtape from like the early days of Odd oh Future. so that was his main major stuff okay yeah, yeah so those two i know but i couldn't tell you any of the like roster history or mythology of odd Future. Right. i was just curious yeah so no yeah hip-hop rap r&b i'm very illiterate and that's why I hate you for your whiteness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, that all makes sense. 
All right, so let's let's talk about Frank a bit. Frank Ocean, who legally changed his name to Christopher Francis Ocean. I think his original name was like Christopher Bordois or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw that. But his his new his legal name is Christopher Francis Ocean, <laughs> so he legally changed his name to that. But then he goes by Frank Ocean. Yeah, it's a little confusing. He is an American singer, songwriter, and rapper from New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's known for his idiosyncratic take on R&B music. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina forced Ocean to move to L.A. after his recording studio in New Orleans was destroyed by the floodwaters. And after getting a songwriting deal in L.A. from some of the demos he recorded at a friend's house, he began ghostwriting for artists such as Justin Bieber, John Legend, Brandy, and Beyonce. Wow. So he kind of got his start writing for some pretty big-name artists. Yeah. And then in 2010, he rose to prominence when he joined the hip-hop collective Odd Future. Odd Future Wolf Game Kill 'Em All is their full title is an American hip-hop collective formed in L.A. in 2007 and was led by producer Tyler, rapper and producer Tyler, the creator. Mm. Other members of the collective include Earl Sweatshirt, Haji Beats, Domo Genesis, Mike G, and then the producers Left Brain, Sid the Kid, Matt Martins, and Pyramid Vertra. And then there's some non-musical members of the group because they're also like technically a skateboarding group as yeah, well. Yeah, I remember here. <laughs> there's Jasper Dolphin. Taco Bennett, Elboy, and Lucas Versetti. Huh. Uh, and then they kind of got huge, I would say, kind of right around 2010 when Frank joined the group. Uh, Tyler had just dropped his uh, Goblin album that kind of yeah. exploded them into fame. But then around 2014, uh, rumors began to circulate that the group was disbanding due to Frank dropping his Odd Future affiliated management and Earl putting out his most recent record, Not, on Odd Future. Mm -hmm. Though they all claim that the collective's still together in some sort of capacity. They're just doing their own thing. And actually, yeah. the for a while, everyone thought that Tyler and Earl, who used to be best friends, hated each other. But just recently, they actually performed live together for oh, the really? first time. Yeah, I thought they hated each other, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows? So, during this time, he released his... Frank released his first official mixtape, Nostalgia Ultra, to critical acclaimed and actually got him a contract with Def Jam Records. And then in 2012, he dropped his first, his first official release, Channel Orange, to universal acclaim. Channel Orange was praised for its unconventional songs that were noted for their storytelling and social commentary, as well as a dense musical fusion that drew on hip-hop, soul, and R&B. Mm. The songs about unrequited love in particular received the most attention, partly because of Ocean's announcement prior to the album's release when he revealed that his first love was a man. Uh, that's, uh, he officially came out as a bisexual. Mm -hmm. The announcement made global headlines, and some critics compared its cultural impact to when David Bowie revealed he was bisexual in 1972, True. especially for the hip-hop community, which yeah, yeah. kind of has strong homophobic tendencies. Yeah. A uh, British journalist, Alexis Petridis, I'm probably saying that wrong, had this to say about it. 
Perhaps this is R&B's Ziggy Stardust movement, where the controversy and publicity surrounding an artist's sexuality and the brilliance of his last album combined to give his career an unstoppable momentum. Channel Orange debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and sold 131,000 copies in its first week and was certified gold by the RIAA by January 30th. It also earned Ocean six Grammy Award nominations, which he won one of them, the Best Urban Contemporary Album for that year. Hmm. Then in February of 2013, Frank confirmed that he began work on his second studio album. And then as of April of 2014, he stated that the album was almost finished, though it wouldn't be out for a whole nother year until April of 2015. Hmm. And that he would announce his follow-up to Channel Orange, or he announced that it would um, be released the following July with two versions coming out. There was just all this talk about two versions. I have two versions. Some people thought that there was references to it being an album and a publication of some sort. Or yeah. Some people thought it was two different albums. And uh, when it came around to that July, the album ultimately wasn't released and there was really radio silence on Frank's end. He didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was around this time that the alleged publication was rumored to be called Boys Don't Cry and as well as one of the albums that might have possibly came out. And it wouldn't be until July of 2016 so now we're three years later that yeah. any updates would be made within a, in which was an image uploaded to his website that said Boys Don't Cry and there was a bunch of it was like on a like an old library stamp card and there was a bunch of dates on it which I just huh. assumed was just to fuck with people so to confuse yeah. them as to what date is this going to drop. <laughs> and then on August 1st of 2016 at approximately 3 a.m. an endless live stream shot in negative lighting began to surface on a website called boysdon'tcry.co which featured Ocean working and sporadically playing instrumental instrumentals on loop. And I should say he, he was working in like a wood shop. It never really shows what he was building, but he was working with like saws and power tools <laughs> in this big I never saw that, yeah. white room. Uh, so this stream would eventually lead to the release of his visual album, Endless. Yeah. Uh, the full version of the stream ended up being about 140 hours long. There was long periods of time where there was like nothing going on on it. Wow. It wasn't 140 hours of like content by any means. Yeah, yeah. And then they took certain clips of that stream and condensed it into Made that the into Endless it. video. Hmm. On August 18th, Endless officially became available on Apple Music. And then two days later, his zine Boys Don't Cry dropped as well as his second studio album and third album overall, Blonde. Now... I'm already kind of afraid about how long this episode's going to go, <laughs> so we're going to kind of just focus on Blonde. Yeah. Endless, I listened to it a couple times. It was very lo-fi. It seemed kind of haphazardly put together. It definitely wasn't as like sonically interesting as Blonde is. Wait, so I haven't seen or even heard Endless at all, but do do you know, was the creative process that he came up with music to accompany some combination of edits from this super long 140 hours of of video or did he do the video and then edit together music or how did he well 
I have a theory as to what Endless was all about. Yeah, because I'm because it seems like that's a weird way to go about making a visual album. So, <laughs> this little segment I was gonna call Frank's Fuck You to UMG, the Universal <laughs> Music Group. Ah. So, like I said, his mixtape landed him a contract with Def Jam Records, yeah. which his parent company is UMG. And actually, I haven't read it yet, but just today, Pitchfork posted an article about how horrible and turbulent of an experience Frank had working with Def Jam. I saw that headline, yeah. So, I this is all speculation to an extent. There are some facts in here. But I think Endless was a huge fuck you <laughs> to UMG. Huh. So, Frank was contractually obligated to release one more album via Universal Def Jam Records. Right before Blonde, he releases Endless. So, let's 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 talk about Endless. Endless is a free-to-watch visual album that was yeah. released exclusively through Apple Music. There is no physical release. There is no legal way to listen to the album except to watch the free-to-watch video. Uh-huh. There's no digital files of it. There's no way to purchase it. It is a free-to-stream video. There's literally no way any form of money can be made off of this album. Yeah. And by him releasing this first, it fulfilled the contractual obligation he had to UMG uh-huh. to release an album. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then two days later, he <laughs> independently releases Blonde, which is an extremely rich and full-sounding album. It has streaming yeah. digital and physical copies coming down the pipeline. And... It's going to be for sale, and all the profits are going to go to Frank. I didn't know it was independently released. Yeah. Wow. If you wow. go on Spotify, wow. and at the bottom of every album, they always list, like, the copyright, and yeah. it says boysdon'tcry.co. That's his company that he created. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I think wow. that explains why Endless is such a lo-fi and kind of rushed sound to it. Yeah, because all the he beats just are phoned extre- it in. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. Like, the video, like, I, I think I said to you, like, Beyonce's visual album, Lemonade, while I didn't really watch it, I know, like, their actual fully drawn-out music videos yep. to accompany the songs. Yep. This is some bullshit, bullshit stream of him fucking around in a wood shop <laughs> with some, like, half-assedly thrown-together songs. Yeah. So the, because you and I both watched the video for Nikes. Yes. And is that's actually the only music video of his I've ever seen. Period. Is that at all visually similar to Endless? No, Endless is. Okay. It's all because the Nikes video is extremely well yeah. done. Okay. Wow. It's, Endless wow, wow. is it. It literally looks like just in like a no edit cut shot. There's some like, <laughs> there's some like overlaid video like. At one point in time, Frank will be working one part of the room, and all of a sudden there'll be like another Frank in the same room. Yep. But it literally looks like one endless shot. Wow. And it's not even like his movements go along with the music. They just seem kind of like juxtaposed together. Like, here's this and that. Find Which, meaning in so it. So is like uh, the record company pissed at him? Well, so <laughs> while they didn't say it's because of what Frank did, shortly after the Blonde release... Uh, the UMG chairman and CEO, Lucian Grange, made a public statement that going forward, the company will never again do a single platform global streaming exclusive release. 
And there's some yeah. there's uh, some <laughs> speculation that UMG is trying to build a legal case against Frank to sue him in some sort of capacity. Huh. Wow. Good for him for he hasn't explicitly said, he hasn't said that anything. the album yeah, that's no. smart. This is all speculation on yeah. like the internet's part. As long as he doesn't say anything, I it just seems like he can just keep floating by that I'm an artist is, and I thought that was my masterpiece. This is like this is like a win <laughs> for like yeah. the not music record label companies. Yeah. Damn. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Other than there's a couple tracks that I think are worth checking out on Blonde or on Endless, but it's really kind of lackluster. Yeah. So it's probably just like B side, like a weird he probably just took like B sides, yeah. random yeah, throwaway. So tracks. we're gonna focus on Blonde. Okay, because that I've listened yeah. to. So Blonde is the second studio album by Frank Ocean. Yep. It features guest vocals from Beyonce, Rosie Watson, Kendrick Lamar, Young Lean, Austin Feinstein, Andre 3000, Sebastian, James Blink, Kim Burrell, some Japanese hip-hop artists, Ko and Luda. It features production and songwriting from Frank himself, Pharrell Williams, Tyler the Creator, Jamie XX, Rot Sam from Vampire Weekend, uh, yeah. the Beatles, David Bowie, L. The Smith, Bittles. Brian Eno, Johnny Greenwood, Rick Rubin, Brian Eno, Arca. Really? Now, Damn. there's this huge list of collaborators, <laughs> and it's very speculative as to where they show up. Like, for instance, Kanye West features was actually only in the magazine. He wrote a rap song about McDonald's. Yeah, that right. And they right, literally, right. rather than recording it, just released the lyrics to this <laughs> supposed oh, song yeah, right. in yeah. the magazine. So all of these features may appear in weird, small, tiny ways. Yeah, right. Actually, when I, I really had to like go back and listen to hear some of these vocal features because they're very, very hidden throughout the album. Like Kendrick Lamar, he just like is maybe like just voicing the same lyrics as Frank, right? In the song, from what I gathered, in the song that Kendrick's in, there's like three words he says. He says, "Smoke." Oh, that's him. Okay, that's him. Slur. Blur. Okay. Haze. Okay. That's... I think that's the only thing he does wow. in that track. Wow. So, and I'll get more into that later on. But yeah, there's yeah. a huge list of collaborators, but Frank. Hit them very well yeah, throughout the right. album in this magazine. Uh, there are two versions of the album so far: the digital album released via Apple Music, and then there's a physical CD that was released with the Boys Don't Cry magazine. Well, when the Blonde came out, a bunch of pop-up shops appeared around California, mm. where they were giving away these magazines for free, and with it came a CD. Uh, this version contains two additional tracks. A song called Mitsubishi Sony and another song called Easy. It has an extended version of the song Nikes that features those Japanese rappers in it. And I I guess it also doesn't contain some of the songs that appeared on the album, such as Solo Reprise and Be Yourself, as well as some others. Yeah. Uh, It reached number one on the Billboard 200 chart. It sold 44,000 copies in streaming equivalent. And 232,000 traditional album sales for a total of 
276,000 units during its first week. Nice. And according to the mm. anti-piracy company Muso, Blonde has been illegally downloaded over a million times <laughs> since its release. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of want to just start by talking about some general overall thoughts yeah. on the album. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, but there's kind of like a... Did you notice the way that Blonde was spelt on it by any chance? Yeah, that... On the album cover, there's no E. There's no seemingly, E. Seemingly, right? But but it's officially listed with the E. With the E. Is that some sort of legal loophole? No. <laughs> I, I th- this is, again, speculation. But I believe... So the theme of duality is very prominent on this album. Yeah. And I guess Blonde with and w- without the E is supposed to be showing various forms of masculinity and femininity. Mm. Without the E is masculine and with the E is feminine. Okay. Huh. And since he is bisexual and has both masculine and feminine qualities, right. it's supposed to be kind of a comment on the duality of Frank himself. Huh. Huh. Interesting. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I that thought that was be. kind of yeah. interesting. And oh my uh, my only other like really overall thought is I just I love all of the guitar work on this album. Yeah, it really is. It's probably my favorite part of the album. Yeah, is yeah. the guitar. Yeah, consistently. Both kind of like lo-fi, almost Mac DeMarco-y guitar sometimes, and then really effective acoustic guitar yeah. as well. Yeah, both I, stood out. And I thought both stood out. it kind of had like a really kind of rich 1950s dreamy kind of yeah. love ballad vibe yeah, to it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm by no means a connoisseur of R&B music, but I don't think I've ever heard an album that sounds like this album before. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I'm I'm the same. I my impression with R&B is that it can be very soulful, but I think and I could be totally wrong and listeners out there correct me. I, although I don't think we have a lot of R&B fans. It seems like a very easily duplicated genre. Like there's a tendency to just make it, here's the R&B boilerplate formula and just repeat. And there's a lot of artists I think out there who just like go for the R&B charts, do the same sort of thing. Like here's what R. Kelly did. I'm just gonna keep doing that. Yeah. But this is made much more complex and emotionally affecting. That was my overall impression by Ocean's lyrics that are extremely I mean he's got enormous skill for lyric writing both both in the traditional singer songwriter capacity and as rap artist where I mean there's a little bit different goal but both he's extremely skilled yeah I feel like upon like if you were to like give this a first listen and kind of just kind of not fully pay attention to it you'd probably be like really underwhelmed by it yeah but then if you seriously listen to it, you can hear like, okay, this sounds like it took four years to make. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very complex. Every yeah. lyric on this album has a multitude of meanings and references, and like, yeah. it feels like H- Hitchcock esque. Yeah, everything <laughs> means every yeah, little <laughs> syllable has intention. Yeah, in meaning. Yeah, definitely. And definitely, he like. He probably spent four years cutting all the fat off of it. This is like the most lean 
yeah. thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah. No, nothing is in excess or unneeded. Yeah. And none of it is like easy. That's because I, I think with any genre, but I think with R and B too, you can it can you can just do an easy sound. Here it's just gonna be soulful, sexy, and here it's gonna be the R. Kelly screaming. And but he n- almost never goes for the easy sound. And when he does go for what to me sounds more like Stevie Wonder or R. I hate to say R. Kelly, but he was like the biggest R and B star of my lifetime since I've been alive. He was like, you know, yeah. the guy for a while. R. Kelly, yeah, he was. Usher maybe, yeah, he's and up Usher there. too. But but he, the only times he does actually hit that. He does. He like earns it, and you. I've actually, for the first time, kind of felt what I take to be like the kind of emotional impact of R and B music. If you're a big fan, for no, the first time, I'd never actually been in anywhere remotely close to R and B. He def- has a great voice. Yeah, That's he has key. a great voice. He has a because my point overall is that he has an amazing capacity for singing. It that is made all the more compelling because he's so restrained for so long he's very restrained in his singing he doesn't wail and do like the crazy but he can he shows me that he can it's like he really pays attention to foreplay yeah and really yes. earns yeah, when exactly. you actually get into yeah, it exactly yeah. exactly he's very he builds yeah. you up yeah yeah exactly yeah and I, I i agree with that sentiment of like r&b i feel can be kind of like gratuitously shallowly emotional yes like everything is just dripping with like sensitivity yep and erotic this when he does get erotic or sensual or emotional it feels genuine yeah it doesn't feel like oh this is a trope of the genre right exactly feels like i'm actually feeling this i'm actually trying to convey this yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah so his lyrics his voice and his willingness to experiment musically. Those three things made this album transcend any genre, I thought. Yeah. It is clearly R&B, but it is an actual artistic statement. Yeah. So it's a... And I'm not trying to, like... I have no right to say this, because I'm not that familiar with R&B, yeah. but it almost feels like it is a disservice to this album to just <laughs> call it an R&B album. Because it's, yeah. it's so much more yeah, than that. it is, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. last night you asked me a question that we never really got into because I don't know if you're being serious or not, but you asked me what genre I thought this album belonged in. Yeah. And I I don't know. It feels... It doesn't feel like an R&B album. This isn't an R. Kelly album. Yeah. But it's not a pop album. It's, and, like, if Drake... If Drake... Like, Drake's latest album, to me, is, like, a weird... To me, actually, and this might just be the how simple, oops, how simple I think of things. But to me, I kept thinking of Drake's new album, which I haven't heard that much, but I take to be kind of a middling neo R and B, where mean, he's always just like chill, like yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but do 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 da do. Oh yeah, you but, should you should do an R and B album. <laughs> that album, which I take, maybe that's like neo R and B, but it's kind of to me, it's a little bit dull. R&B. This is more complex. And then Life of Pablo, actually. I did yeah. think of, because it has gospel in it too at times. Like the keyboards yeah. and like multiple well, and songs. like uh Chance's new album too. Yeah. It was very gospel. Yeah, that too. Yep. And I think this album 
it's somewhere between like soul gospel and neo R&B, but it does it much better, I think, than Life of Pablo. It does the gospel better than Life of Pablo. Yeah. Overall. I will say I don't think any part of this album reached the high that Ultralight Beams did. True, that was... But overall, this entire album is way better of a listening experience than yeah, The Life of Pablo. Yeah, agreed. Ultralight Beam is probably still, like, possibly, like, the best song of the year. One of the best songs of the year. But there were glimmers, I thought, of even his rapping that, like, like in Solo. Some yeah. of his lines in Solo were, like, up there with, like the swagger and the just awesomeness of chances rhymes not as good not quite as good because that was like the greatest guest solo you could do but but at times it yeah it it seemed like well and chance chance is a very what's the word i'm looking for he's very expressive yeah frank is way more subdued yeah so it actually kind of like it's a little more impactful when, when he finally emotion comes out of his out. voice. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, cu- I cut you off. No, 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 okay. no. That's exactly, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other overall thoughts or do you want to get into the, the Yeah, tracks? I would just say, yeah, it's probably my overall. Should I just say my overall vibe of the album? I mean, I was going to. Should we save it at the end? end I was going to kind of like okay. do the bullshit. Okay. Ooh, what do we Out of 10, what do you think? Yeah, okay, but... let's save it for then. I mean, it's clear now. I like the album. Yeah. I like the album. I liked sure. it too. Yeah. But how much did we like it? You'll question. find out. <laughs> All right. Let's start with the first track Nikes. And I am a Nike. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the second track. <laughs> uh, so, Nikes is. Uh, sort of a critique on the trappings of materialistic hedonism with frequent references to Nike shoes, shiny golden glitter, and fantasies of pleasure. Mm. There are three versions of the song. I've only heard one of them. Well, no, I've heard two of them. Yeah, I've heard two of them. Uh, There's the normal album version of the song, which is the one I mostly talk about just because it's the one I'm the most familiar with. Then there is the version of the song that is in the music video. And the only big difference there is, so if we're familiar, if we're talking about Nikes, we're all familiar. The first half of the song has these pitched up vocals of Frank's. Yeah, squeaky, cartoony. Yeah, and in the music video, kind of going our first mention of duality, there is a pitched down vocal of Frank that is kind of talking over the pitched up singing. Yeah. And he's talking about like partying, and he kind of makes a Fight Club reference where he's like, "Number one rule of partying is you don't take pictures at the party. The yeah. number two of partying is you don't. The, the number two rule of partying is you don't take pictures at the party." Yeah. So that's from what I gathered, really the only difference. And then there's the third version of the song, which I mentioned, which has an additional verse by the Japanese rappers uh, Ko and Luda. Mm-hmm. Which I have yet to hear because yeah, I didn't get either. one of the pop-up shop CDs. <laughs> and specifically this song. Now, I, I guess to kind of give you guys... God, I'm at a loss for words. See, Dominic and I had some moonshine before we recorded <laughs> this. Uh, moonshine fruit. If you guys are familiar they're with the website Genius, uh, Rap Genius or Lyric Genius, it's all the same thing. There's 
the legion of the internet has basically annotated every song on this. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah, can yeah. click on every line, and there'll be paragraph upon paragraph of speculation and theory as to the what does he mean? meaning. Specifically with this song, there are so many fucking references in it. This yeah, song yeah. is so densely packed. <laughs> That we could do an entire episode just on this song, so I I don't want to get into every little nuance because yeah, this yeah, like yeah. this song specifically is very rich in cultural references. Yeah, yeah every line sure. in the song is a witty, clever reference to something else. I kind of wanted to focus on one single line. I don't know if it probably didn't even stick out to you because it's just kind of a throwaway line. Sippin' pink gold lemonade. It comes I remember the, it, yeah, but I didn't. All right. I have no deep theory about it unless it's so, drugs. There's a lot of drugs on this. Yes, the whole album, <laughs> lots of drug <laughs> That's talk. That's a theme. Yeah, I think it's pretty like, much drugs and sex. Could yeah. that the name of this album could have been drugs and sex, drugs <laughs> and fucking. Yeah, by Frank Ocean. <laughs> so, the line sipping pink gold lemonade. The line right before that is We Breathe in Pheromones, Amber Rose. Yeah. Which Amber Rose, model and stripper, dated with Khalifa and Kanye West. Kanye wrote a whole album about how she broke her heart called <laughs> My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Probably the best thing he ever did. Um, so <laughs> thank then you, this, Amber. Then this line, yes, <laughs> thank you, Amber. <laughs> so then this line, Sippin' Pinkle Lemonade, follows that. So if you think about it, if you were to take the colors pink and gold and add them together, it would kind of make an amber rose type color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Frank makes a play on words with the previous line about the amber golden color. And pink gold lemonades could be a reference to a golden alcoholic drink mixed with pink lemonade. The lemonade may be ling, which is pink. Pink is a slang term for a cough syrup drink, yeah, such as the purple yeah. drink, codeine, yep. which is very popular in hip-hop culture. Especially Southern, yeah. Southern yeah, hip-hop yeah, specifically. Yeah. So there's a part the music there's a part in the music video where Frank is leaning up against a race car. And if there's one thing you should know about Frank is he has a fetish for vehicles. Mm -hmm. He loves vehicles all throughout all of his albums, there's constantly references to cars and vehicles. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. White Lamborghini. Yeah, the white cover car, of Channel yeah. Orange has like an orange Cadillac on it or something. Huh. And throughout this this album itself, he talks about the car he used to drive around with his parents when he was a kid yep. and stuff like that. So on, he's sipping, he's leaning against the car, drinking out of a styrofoam cup. And that kind of styrofoam cup is usually used for mixing lean, which is this cough syrup drink and then in an earlier verse in this song frank pays homage to two figures in rap who both overdosed from drinking cough syrup drinks pimp c and asap yams oh they died by drinking yeah they overdosed the on wow. and then the gold Damn. is a reference to the golden yellow color of hydrocodone syrup yeah and then in the music video specifically frank's pitched down chopped and skewed vocals are actually an homage to pimp c's vocal sound from yeah. the southern hip-hop houston era hmm. so i just like this one line yeah. sipping pink gold yeah it carries a lot of referencing earlier lines in the song in amber Rose. so it's just like yeah 
and that should just kind of give you guys a reference point. Every line in this song is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of yeah, rich with meaning and connotations. Yeah. So much thought put yeah. into all of the lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the music video that Dominic and I have both talked about, it's equally as fucking dense as this song. Oh yeah, and it does add the line like there's two versions. Two yeah, versions. I got two versions. I got two versions. Yeah, yeah. Two versions of the song, two versions of the album, and then two, two albums. And then it almost sounds like it says two virgins and it shows two girls in white yep. uh, in the back. And then two versions as <laughs> yeah, in my yeah. straight self and my homosexual yeah. self. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fucking duality. Yeah, it's clever. It's funny. Double if you could have come up with another title for this album, it would have just been Double Entendre, because yeah. almost every line has multiple meanings yeah. on this album. Yeah. So the music video, it's got, it's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a whirlwind. There's a bunch of shots of naked people and partying and drugs and fast cars and people on fire and the devil and mermaids and talking dogs and close-up shots of androgynous-looking skin. Like... There's a shot which is an homage to uh, American Beauty, where there's the young girl with all the roses covering yep. her naked body, but a black girl with money. And then all of a sudden, they show a close-up of a nipple, and then you realize it's a black male, and it's kind of this androgynous male-female thing. And uh, wh what did you think of this music video? I love the music video. I think at first I liked the music video more than the song. I found the song at first kind of annoying. Because of that squeaked out helium voice, I, I found very I, irritating. Yeah, I first. guess to preface everything <laughs> I said about this song, for as like impressed as I am, I don't really like the song that much. I guess they, I came around to it. Though. Okay. I, I guess say this, the helium voice, at first I was like, why the fuck would you do this to the first song the on your album track. and your opening single? But as I came to appreciate the song, that for better or worse was an essential part of it. I can't imagine the song. I I can't imagine the song without it now. Yeah. I don't necessarily like it. And as you said, he's a very subdued guy. And I think when he comes in with his real voice saying, "I'm gonna let you all prophesy," it sounds very like triumphant and badass in comparison to the helium True. voice. And I think you wouldn't get it without that helium it voice. It kind of goes back to that, the four, the helium voice yeah. is like the foreplay exactly. until the climax of his actual It's like voice. he's clowning around sure. and then he comes in and it sounds like, oh shit. He comes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he comes. <laughs> oh, Frank. Yeah. Frank. Okay. But no, but for real, I mean, honestly, I think the helium, yeah. now, now the song gets stuck in my head and, uh, and I hear that squeaky voice, that helium voice. But, yeah, I, I and now, now that I appreciate both the song and the video, I I really do like it a lot. And the video is great. I love the video. The music video, it's yeah. like... That's why I was surprised when you said Endless was bad. I haven't seen it at all. So if it's bad, he must have done it on purpose because he clearly knows how to put images very well with words. Like when the devil's dancing... It's timed perfectly because the de it, it, the pace goes up and the energy goes up yeah. and they show the devil while he's talking about demons like tap dancing on like shit, and it's like feeder really, chairs. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then I I did really like that shot where they're like they kind of showed the girl the naked girl like swimming and it's like these yeah. beautiful close up shots. Yep. And then it cuts out to them filming that scene. 
Yeah. And she's like in this little fucked up fish tank. Yeah. She looks like trapped and claustrophobic. Yeah. And then they cut back to the close up shots, and it kind of <laughs> is like this commentary on like perspective. Yeah. Nothing's quite stuff. what it seems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great music. Like I yeah, just sat there, and it's video. like every second that passed, I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yep. What the fuck? Yep. And then the the talking chihuahua that's yeah. singing his voice, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. just like, God, this is like. The word hedonism is all that comes to mind. It's just like this yeah. grandeur of just like indulgence. Yep. Almost. With an with I guess say with just consistently throughout this, there's always some sort of distance or irony or because because it, it's hedonism. But even in the video, it like shows him crying at one point. Like he's like, yeah. you know, like, like he's aware. He never like he Kanye, doesn't look happy about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the difference would be Kanye fully embodies whatever one of the like two or three emotions he has, full on a hundred percent. Whereas he, and going back to the duality thing, or like trip, what's duality with three? Triality. The triadic. I don't. Is that? He never, he almost never fully commits to one emotion. There's always some, whether it's through the lyrics, through his voice, or through the music, some kind of critical distance. Yeah. And that is hard to pull off. That's very hard to pull off. Like, That's I can keep saying this again, but I'm not surprised that four years of work went into yeah. this album. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. I, I, And honestly, like some of the music, again, I can only relate it. To things I know, but like um, Panda Bear, his latest album, Panda Bear and the Grim Reaper, actually like the third part of this song reminded me of of that with the kind of ambient electronic sounds and almost like a kind of harp in the background, almost like religious sounding in the back. Sure. Which I mean, again, that's just it's so sonically complex. And lyrically, and it's much more lyrically complex than Panda Bear's latest album. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. It really is. That raises yeah. the bar for people. Yeah, it definitely took a few listens because at first I'm like, why did he stick this as the first song on this album? Yeah, but I think it's actually a great intro to the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. Any other thoughts or? No, except yeah. At first I was like, ugh, my. Because when I when you said you wanted to review this album, I heard that single first, and I was like, <laughs> and then I listened to the whole album, and I kept hearing this one again, and it all gelled. Very positive. It makes sense. Yeah. After yeah. a while. But don't let this single stop you from listening to the whole album. No, because yeah. there's there are songs to be heard on this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Second track, Ivy. Which was produced by Jamie XX of the XX and Rot Sam, formerly mm-hmm. of Vampire Weekend. Ivy kind of explores growing up and thinking about mistakes he made with old friends and loved ones. Uh, some speculate that this song actually might be about that first love of his, this man that he noted in his coming out letter that he posted on his Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It's very easily read as kind of like a song lamenting a lost love or a failed relationship I don't know I, I really dug this track it's one of my favorites I'd yeah, say yeah this is one of the best on the album it's yeah. very simple yep. and vulnerable and uh, I'm going to say this a thousand times throughout this episode uh, the guitar I loved yeah. the guitar Yep. and I feel like it perfectly captured the feeling of 
romanticizing lost love yeah. and how complex the emotions can be surrounding them, kind of like feeling happy for them, but bitter and loving and hating someone at the same time. Yep. And another theme that Frank loves to go to is this idea of nostalgia. Yep, exactly. And this yeah. track has a very nostalgic feel to it. The guitar has a nostalgic feel to it. His lyrics have a nostalgic feel to it. Yep. And I... It took me a couple times listening, but the ending of the track, it kind of ends with him screaming yeah, in a pitched up vo- voice. Yep. And, and then if you listen closely, it kind of sounds like he's like breaking shit in the background. Yeah. There's like 20 seconds of like noise, and it sounds like he's like trashing a studio or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like a manic. He goes, yeah. <laughs> it goes fucking crazy. Yeah. So, end. what did you think of this track? Yeah, one of the best on the album. It will get stuck in your head. And it just, sonically, it just sounds like a perfect song. Like it's a, it's coherent. It's just a beautiful, pretty, reverby, lo-fi, fuzzy love song that I think this song sets the kind of, more than Nike's, this one foregrounds nostalgia, hardcore yeah. as a theme. And I feel like it sets yeah. the tone for the album almost yeah. too. Yeah. I, and like, I love that. Again, it reminded me of kind of Mac DeMarco with that kind of lo-fi, fizzy guitar that I think to our ears now sounds nostalgic do you know what i mean it's yeah. like a perfectly like like he he's a person of the times i think if you're a younger person now like below 50 maybe and you've been listening to music that kind of lo-fi fizzy guitar i think sounds both like kind of like 50s way back but also like the kind of late 90s revival of like kind of lo-fi yeah. you know like and so it just sounds like I don't know. It, it, I was kind of shocked at how well it kind of also made me remember being younger. Yeah. That's which what is. I think happens a lot on this album. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Exactly. It really affects me. I was like, oh, damn. And he, again, the it's not just like there's so many songs about remembering the past. Oh, I love the past. It was good. Or bad. But it's like that he like stays in that very precarious space of nostalgia where you're kind of remembering something that's true but you're also kind of remembering like a illusion version of it and he like kind of realizes it like the lyric like everything sucked back then we were friends like he clearly loves what happened back then but everything sucked yeah and that's like to me that's like nostalgia in a nutshell i miss the shitty times we thought it was shitty then but it's so good now and he stays perfectly in that tension yeah, it's like when you were living it, it sucked, but remembering it is the is best. the best. Yeah. yeah, and he's in like he seems so aware of how good and bad it is to to think that to long for the past that's gone, like it's a duality. Exactly. Of some sort. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and this song. So I mean, there's not that many songs I think about thematically that deeply that also just sound great. Because I don't want to understate how great it sounds. It's yeah. just a great sounding song. Do you have any insight as to why you think it's called Ivy? No, I don't think so. I I thought is of it only... drug reference. No, because <laughs> I I, re- I really don't yeah, know. I, don't I had know. I had a couple guesses. Yeah. My only I had two guesses. Is I thought maybe it was referencing like poison ivy. Yeah. Talking about a toxic relationship of some sort. Yeah. Or, and this is kind of what the internet thinks from what I gathered. They talk about how Ivy is kind of a uh, parasite 
that grows on other things and sucks their life force out of it so they can thrive. Yeah. And maybe he's trying to realize that he loved this person, but they were kind of using him or hurting him or like they were getting more benefit out of his loss or maybe he's calling himself the Ivy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, that pretty much be. every song on this album <laughs> I know where the title comes from, but yeah. this is the one where it's a little more vague and yeah, shrouded. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Yeah, it doesn't seem straightforward. Does he say Ivy in the song? No. From what I, I don't believe yeah, so I don't anywhere think so. the word yeah, I don't think is so. mentioned. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. But yeah, no, this was this was a great song. And not to hate on I don't know why I kept thinking of Life of Pablo. I think is that one aspired to be so amazing. But like this song, this album consistently, and this song always hit more complexity than Life of Pablo. And it was kind of like a math, because like even near the end, it sounds like he's on the verge of like a solid, stable feeling of like being happy. And this is just a really like tiny micro. And then, and then it's like he listened to it and was like, oh, that sounds too simple. And so then there's this like weird, kind of ironic reggae yell echo of good. Yeah. It's just little stuff like that that like you never quite land on anything stable and you're still floating in that space. It's that's why Kanye West should have waited another year to release Life of Pablo. Because you make tiny little edits like that afterwards. That just me that make make the song. Yeah, exactly. It keeps it dynamic. So yeah, this was yeah. a great this is one of the best songs of the year. It's a great song. Great song. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Pink and White, or Pink Plus White, Pink mm-hmm. and White, Pink White, however you pronounce it. Pink White. Pink White. Uh, this track features the lyrical voice of Beyonce. And was oh, pre- really? Yeah. What? <laughs> I didn't get yep. And produced by Pharrell Williams, uh-huh. who has lots of ties to the Ad Future Collective. Him yeah, and Tyler have collaborated multiple times. This actually isn't the first time him, him and Frank have collaborated either. Uh, so the track details memories of Frank's youth and of someone close to Frank who maybe passed away. Uh, he remembers this person by experiencing his life through their lens and kind of what this person taught them and the things that he learned from them. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's kind of about accepting how little control we have over the way our lives play out. Yeah. And how you kind of need to accept it to move on throughout your life. And this also kind of goes back to his childhood because there's references to New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina. Yep. Yep. Uh, some people believe that this the title of the song is a reference to vaginas and cocaine <laughs> pink and white yeah because <laughs> yeah, he has yeah, another yeah. track called yeah. pink matter which is about vaginas yeah and so yeah that could definitely be that pussy be. and cocaine <laughs> that would be in the realm thematic realm of this album and i just want to talk about how fucking crazy it is to have a Beyonce feature that can be so easily missed. Yeah, I missed Beyonce it. is arguably the biggest artist of all time, at least contemporarily. Yeah. 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 And you could listen to this whole track and you would never even realize it's her. Yeah. The the what la- does she do? The last third of the song, there is a female voice that kind of oh. harmonizes with Frank. And it's not even like huh. with the 
lyrics that are most prominent. There's kind of like backing vocals that are kind of like singing oohs and ahs and yep. saying words. And it's not just her, it's Frank and her. And I guess <laughs> this might be bad on me, but it's very easy in hip hop and R&B music to kind of have just like uncredited female vocals oh, accompanying yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's fucking Beyonce. Yeah, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the song has a kind of a nice slow groove to it. Yeah. It's a nice sounding song, but I also feel like it's a little forgettable. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. This kind of is one of the songs that teeters more on their traditional R&B side of things, I yeah, would say. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And yeah. in a album of idiosyncratic, eclectic R&B music... It's, it's the most yeah it's I, a little I, too normal maybe. yeah it might be it's probably the worst song on the album and it's still good yeah it's not great it's the most forgettable but yeah it starts out very standard r&b i took piano he even has this smooth deep voice intro he says something he says like i can't remember the clause but it's just like three words that he's like yeah. it's like like he knows it has a kind of sexy slow beat but the lyrics again there's always some dimension if you key into that makes it very shows there's a lot of complexity the lyrics on this one seem kind of the most not the most but kind of stream of consciousness remembering kind of images cannonball off it's the a little all over the place yeah and the acoustic guitar picks up in the second verse and then there's violins and kind of in the seams and I, mean, I really, I really like like the field recording of birds yeah, at the end. Yeah, that was yep. a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And and yeah, it has some like you'd kneel down on the dry land, kiss the earth that birthed you, gave you tools to just stay alive and make it out when the sun is ruined. That's like it could be like Leonard Cohen. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he no, could put yeah. that in a. Like it's kind of like you know you look and listen deeper. It's kind of like what the fuck? That sounds kiss, very important. Kiss the dry earth. Yeah, I was like, that's fuck, a nice dude. Line. That's a when the sun is ruined. I was like, damn. So I mean, there's again, it's the most uh, probably most forgettable, but it's still a kind of poetic song. And and yeah, it has like electronic words in the back by the end, and yeah, those kind of samples of yeah, nature, the field recordings. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I did the piano was really nice. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's this. I think it's probably the worst song on the album, and it's good. I give it like a B minus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That's about as bad as it yeah. gets. I, I don't have a ton else to say. Yeah, about that's it. no, that's all I got. All right, next track was kind of the first little skit or interlude on yeah. the album. Be yourself. Be yourself is a voice message from a woman named Rosie Watson who is the mother of one of Frank's childhood friends. Oh, so it's not his mom. It is okay, not his I was mom. Wondering if that was his which mom. is odd because it does end with her saying this is, mom. This is mom. Yep. Actually, after the album came out, Frank's brother Ryan tweeted, "That's not our mom," because <laughs> everyone thought it was her mom. But this yeah. actually this isn't Rosie's first appearance in one of Frank's works. Um, off of Channel Orange, there's a track called "Not Just for M- or Not Just Money," which also features her, kind of giving stern advice about how there's more to life than money. Oh, okay. I guess yeah, she's right. famously known for calling up her son and her son's friends and just leaving these voicemails of like sage advice. Nice, nice, uh, you know. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty straightforward "be yourself, don't do drugs" yep. kind of speech that a motherly figure would give to you. Yep. I think one of the most interesting parts about this little interlude is this is the first of four times 
that this really soft Ooh, keyboard, yeah, looping keyboard yeah. melody appears. It'll yep. it'll appear f- three more times on this album. Yeah, and it, it's a very to throw the word out again. It's a very kind of nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, somber yet happy, like wistful, which is yeah. a nostalgic word. Yeah, wistful sounding yep. little just loop of a soft analogish keyboard noise. Yep. Yeah, it is. I love that little keyboard. It kind of, it almost kind of reminds me. I mean, this seems like the last thing to ever compare this album to, but this is the first glimpse at what I take to be almost kind of like a, like a Napoleon Dynamite vibe. Like Napoleon Dynamite had a similar kind of just these like almost corny sounding keys. Like, yeah, no, if you remember, I, I can hear that. And similarly, that movie has a sort of like a redemptive quality to it. Like thing in this song, it was, again. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. But that that keyboard, even on a totally throwaway track, it it, it makes it a little bit more like it's kind of like a wink at like okay, this is kind of s- obviously n- not advice he would ever take. Yeah, because he does a ton of drugs. He does a lot of drugs. But like, it's not mean natured. If there were no keyboards, it would come across yeah. as very mean natured. It's not being like listen, this fucking idiot. Yeah, it's exactly. Not that but at all. it has these like kind of redemptive, warm, fuzzy keyboards that kind of wink at it, and it's like kind of redeems whatever positive qualities are in it through remembering. I yeah. mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, again, maybe we're reading too much into it because it's literally just keyboard and a woman talking. Talking, yeah. But again, it, I think it would have come across as really mean-natured. If he had just played yeah. it without... But it's that very... It's almost like kind of Charlie Brown, warm, fuzzy keyboard where you're just like, you know... Yeah, exactly. And you look back and it's like, you know... It's like the teacher you hated in like elementary school, and you look back and you're like, "Good old Mister whatever the fuck." You know what I mean? It's like, eh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. Slightly tangential. You just made me realize something. Napoleon Dynamite, in the movie It Follows, both have this vibe of, I have no idea like what the fucking time setting is yes. for those movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it the 80s? Is it the 90s? Is <laughs> yeah. it the 2000s? Seven, late 70s? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a kind of, we, they all have in this album a kind of timeless retro vibe for our generation, I think, specifically. Yeah. Those things sound like, like kind of warm, fuzzy for like last 40 years yeah and kind of like ambiguously last 40 years and this like phenomenon of <laughs> people who are nostalgic for the 90s that didn't really <laughs> yeah, grow up in the, like that didn't experience yeah, the 90s at exactly. all but there's like kind of like this romantic longing for the 90s yep exactly yeah all right let's move on to our next track solo oh, yeah. solo solo It's just soda pop, mom. It's all we drink on shuffles. <laughs> Sody pop. Sody pops. On solo, Frank touches on various aspects of being alone, such as self-love or waiting for a call from your lover. And the song's title kind of has two interpretations. Uh, throughout the song, he frequently references how he's alone or solo. But then he also talks about how he is so low and how he emotionally, mm-hmm. like he's in a low place and needs to get high to 
fix this solo problem. Yep. Overall, it kind of seems to be kind of a debate about whether or not he's like better off alone or with someone because he sounds kind of sad about it. But then he kind of talks about how like, well, if I'm with this girl and we have sex, we got to do it raw and then she'll get pregnant. And then it's super expensive to get an abortion. So I could just jerk off (laughs) instead, which is essentially a line in this song. So it's kind of like, oh, oh man, it's a duality. Is it better to be alone or with someone? Solo or solo. And there's some other kind of double entendre clever bullshit, such as uh, it's hell on earth and the city is on fire. In hail and hail, there's heaven. So Frank is commenting on how chaotic and troubled the world is, but smoking pot kind of brings him a heavenly feeling. (laughs) And the words inhale sounds like in hell. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm doing hellish things to feel like I'm in heaven. Yep. But heaven is hellish. And yeah. That duality. Yeah. Heaven in hell, hell in, in hell. Inhale in hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You clever son of a bitch. And I'd say <laughs> this this is one of the uh, one of the first examples of like a very strong kind of gospel vibe yeah. that will appear in some of the songs on this. Yep. Uh, the backing organ music gives it a very gospel feel. His lyrical performance and then you know, simply the references to heaven and hell yep. themselves. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah, this is a great track. I love the gospel piano tapping, which just, it just, again, I'm not a huge Stevie Wonder, you know, connoisseur. I don't know a, a ton of his music, but th- I just think of him first. Frank is. Yeah, he is a big He's Stevie, a huge Stevie yeah. Wonder Because I just think when I hear keys just like that, like a gospel funk, and then uh, just a great voice with kind of bravado, to me, that's Stevie Wonder. Like, boom. And um, yeah, this was great. And again, this is the first time I think he really hits like kind of bravado right off the bat. And the lyrics are, hand me a towel. I'm dirty dancing by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I just jerked off. Hand me a towel. So exactly. I mean, again, it's hilarious. <laughs> Self-love. Yeah. Form a circle. Watch my Jager. Might lose my jacket and hit a solo. Again, it's just hilarious Im- imagery that sort of ironically undercuts even as far as any serious like bravado it's undercut by a kind of ironic distance which yeah. again that's always missing in a Kanye West song sometimes to great effect sometimes you just get a song that's like my name is Kanye and I love me Kanye and now I'm being <laughs> Kanye and if I say Kanye enough it's crazy Sorry, Dude, that's Kanye. crazy. Sorry, Kanye. You should I put should... out an album. <laughs> yeah. That shit was crazy. I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't keep comparing this to Kanye West, but it's just if that's gonna be the landmark culturally well, no, I would of say, this year, it's like I would say these are two of the largest hip hop ish albums yeah. that have come out this year so yeah. far. Yeah, and this song too, having that gospel vibe. Like if this song had been on Life of Pablo. That, that album's called it. It actually could have been a gospel album like Kanye said it was going to be. If you cut out five of the worst songs of Life of Pablo and put this on there, it would the album would go up by like 10% in quality. Yeah. Frank is oh. on <laughs> the Life of yeah, Pablo. Yeah, he is. He yeah, has yeah. his own track yeah, called Frank's, Frank's Track. track yeah. So Kanye, he's got a good eye. But yeah, this is a great song. I love in the kind of chorus, like Bull and the Matador, Doolin in the Sky, that like, gets stuck in my head like all day. He has a great great voice with soul he's a great soul singer yeah he really is. well yeah that like inhale inhale mm-hmm. in heaven he yeah. goes oh 
yeah I, I can't do it yeah but like but it's great that he kind can of really sing. cry yeah. it sounds glorious yeah and that's like a stevie like that's a stevie wonder quality singing yeah. and that's like God, no one can sing like stevie if only wonder. frank was blind yeah right. <laughs> yeah that's what he's missing this i'm gonna feel really bad if he goes blind now. <laughs> but no yeah he's great and and yeah and if you read the lyrics closely you'll probably find stuff i didn't even find but just a couple times like it goes from like fun solo being with other people having fun and then the last lyric he's like all alone in colorado doing drugs and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like man that's kind of sad like i'm by myself it's kind of like wow what a duality yeah really i mean shit it's it's great so yeah it's of all the songs i think could have just been a one dimension great song it could have been this song because he has a great keyboard gospely vibe, great lyrics, but it's still complex. Yeah, yeah, it's still complex. Good but job. I love this song. Yeah, it's I great. Love this, song. this is probably like my go-to. If someone was like, "Play me a Frank Ocean song," I'd maybe play this. Oh yeah. I don't know. I just think because it's just a fun song. I think people, I think so. People like Stevie Wonder. People like this song. Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, I, I really love like it's Hell on Earth and Heaven's on that. Yeah. That part just. The vocal performance of that part is just so, like... Timeless. Yeah. It's it's timeless. Incredible. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next track, Skyline 2, which was produced by Tyler, the creator. Really? And features vocals by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah, this one. Oddly, this one I have, like, some of the least to write about. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad knowing they got that kind of talent behind them. Yeah, Tyler and Kendrick (laughs) and Frank... It wasn't bad, but I no, only but got, like, I, like four so bullet points. this track kind of it, it's kind of just expelling random thoughts that Frank is having. Yeah, surprise, surprise, uh, sex to drugs. He talks about sex and drugs. Yep. Again, I really like the quiet noodling guitar in the background. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting how buried the beat is. It almost, if yeah. you listen to it, it sounds like it's underwater. Yes, like it's yeah. so like yep. like there's a it's so muffled. Yeah, that's one thing actually. Just because that you brought it up that throughout the album, I was kind of surprised that periodically I'd be like, "Are there drums in this song?" I think Are- "Nights" <laughs> is like the only song that has like yeah. a beat yeah. to it. Yeah, which is that's kind of ambitious, yeah. man. Yeah, especially yeah. for a hip hop R and B album, rhythm, rhythm yeah. and blues. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, yeah. This... So let's let's get to it. What the fuck is up with this Kendrick feature? <laughs> Smoke. Smoke haze. blur and haze are yeah. from what I gathered the only contributions he added to this song. Now, I understand <laughs> that Frank is being subverse and going against the flow of things, but what a fucking waste. Kendrick Lamar, yeah. arguably one of the most prominent and important artists of yeah. our current generation, especially in the hip hop and R&B world, and to not utilize it. Like, I'm not trying to insult Frank, but that is a bold fucking move. Yeah. To I the guess point where, like, say. honestly, this is, like, not a statement. This is this is the least objective thing I'll say. This is the most, like, only applies to me and my own bias. But, like, the fact that, like, he had Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, and you literally would have to read the liner notes to know it was to them. Out it's them. And the only person I think, 
Correct me if this has to be wrong, but the only person I heard as a guest vocalist that was like, fucking A, is Andre 3000. Yeah, that's, he's, he's the only one that stuck out. Yeah, that's the only one where I was like, yo, this is, hey, that, I know that's not Frank, that's this person. That kind of makes me respect him even more. It's like, he doesn't need these people fucking in bold. any way to like help sell the album. Or True. When you listen to the songs, the only one you hear is just the standalone Andre 3000. I was like, wow. I fucking will get to that song later, but I like felt bad. I was like, I forgot Andre 3000 is like acclaimed uh, for being a rapper. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I always yeah. just think he's the Hey Ya guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. Wait. He's got tons of great rap songs before yeah. that. Yeah. But we'll, but we'll okay, get to sorry. that. Jumped ahead. But no, I, I agree with you. Other than those things, I, there's not a lot to say about this track. Yeah. Stream you know, of conscious yeah. lyrics. And I can keep saying the words dreamy and yeah, dreamy. sleepy again. Alice in Wonderland vibe yeah. I put that kind of just has like a weird, surreally. Yeah. Like, it's kind of chill and yeah. laid back. I, I do really like the backing music. Yeah. And the lyrics are all right. It seems to be, be pretty much about smoking pot. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of what I took away from it. Yeah. But yeah. But that's yeah, kind of my thoughts on it. It's probably maybe this is the worst song. I don't just in terms of like the other ones I like feel something in my like in the cockles of my heart. This one is just like yeah. sonically I find this more enjoyable than Pink and White. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Cuz Sky if you say Skyline 2 I remember what it sounds like. Pink and white, I actually have to look back at my notes. Yeah. I'm like, what did like I, sound I like? Re- like, if you cut out all the vocals in this track, yeah, I would true. simply enjoy this as yeah. just an instrumental track. Yeah, that's very true. And it has, this one was the first time I think I wrote, like, it has, like, some psychedelic elements to it. Yeah. Like, overtly, yeah. So, you know, this one musically carries it through. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next track, Self-Control. Self-control. Featuring Young Lean and Austin Feinstein, Feinstein, however you say his last name. Young Lean, who after today I realized we might have to do an episode about him. Oh, really? He is a 20-year-old Swedish rapper. 20? 20-year-old. And I will... I, I will preface this by saying he is vaguely on the fringes of vaporwave stardom. Nice. So okay, he nice. is he is kind of in this weird subgenre of vaporwave, which is called sad boy rap. <laughs> and this isn't like yeah. this isn't like some like 4chan fuckheads making fun of him. He he goes, he by. goes by this sad boy vibe. Wow. It's literally like he's this Swedish teenager when he started. And he kind of does these, like, almost funny. Like, it seems like he's making fun of it. Where he kind of, like, half-assedly talk raps over, like, these, like, kind of about really sad stuff. But then also about, like, fucking bitches and <laughs> doing drugs. It seems and like then it's over, like, these, like, thing. really kind of light <laughs> vaporwave-esque electronic okay. beats. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I, I read online... Everyone online is freaking out about this feature. Like, this is supposedly the most surprising feature on Frank's album. Is this yeah. young lean is that, kid? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. So is he the really? He's the high pitched voice. No, so the so lower pitched voice. There's two choruses on this yeah, track. He's in the second. The second one, the non pitched lower voice. That's him. That's, That's a young great lean voice. That is yeah. a. I and actually this song. It was I've, great. Yeah. I've listened to some young lean. He usually doesn't sound like that. So I didn't know he. He's actually kind of singing, and he actually. 
I would say is probably one of the most enjoyable parts of this song. Yeah. When yeah. he's singing along with the oh, save a place for me or keep a place for me. Yeah. It's nothing. It's That's nothing. like one of the emotional peaks of the yeah. album is right there. Yeah. The pitched wow. up vocals are this Austin Feinstein kid. <laughs> okay, that's it. Who is from the indie band Slow Hollows. And he's actually the guitar in the song as well, which I think is actually one of my favorite guitars on the whole album is this track's guitar work and yeah, that's him he plays the guitar yeah. and he's the pitched up vocals yep and this kid also has collaborated with tyler the creator before on tyler's song fucking perfect yeah okay so self-control explores frank's desires to make love to a person who caught his eyes uh, his impulses make him disregard if it really means anything to him, and he just knows he wants to be with this person. And one of the more interesting parts of this track is as the song progresses, each verse and chorus changes tone. Frank's voice kind of breaks down over the progression of the track and as he loses confidence, and especially after he's rejected. And it gets, it's kind of more depressed and defeated sounding. Yeah. I don't know. I fucking love this track yeah, easily great. one of my top three tracks off this album yeah the guitar is this perfect 1950s sad ballad kind of vibe to it uh, austin feinstein's pitched up vocals with young lean's deeper vocals just vibe so well yep. and i really like the outro with the i i i yeah, you, know, you gotta leave leave yeah. part it's the outro is incredible and especially the the layered harmonizing vocals that kind of slowly build as each line is repeated yep it's incredibly heartbreaking but it's not like deep existential depressed yeah sad no. it's kind of just very kind of like light and mellow heartbreak i'm sad because this person i like left me yep yeah uh, what did you think of yeah this is one i thought this song like if you were just to trace it on a chart like the uh, the nostalgia emotion there's like three two or three peaks where it just hits up and this one at the, like the 210 mark when it repeats the keep a place for me with the no effects added voice the swiss yeah. sad boy i can't believe that's <laughs> who it actually boy. fucking is but it has the guitar ambient kind of swirl strings hit in and that's a nostalgic emotional peak of the album like it hits you it's like a test. Are you an android or a human? If you don't feel anything, you're an android. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're human, that's like, damn. Yeah, I will, like, damn. I think Oof. at least one of my second or third times when it got to that second chorus, like, I kind of felt my tear ducts. Like, yeah. Something's yeah. going on there, yeah. tearing up a little bit. I was like, I don't even have memories like this, but I feel like I do. <laughs> I'm nostalgic for Frank's memories. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. real. It was like, and again, like, this song. It, it starts with a great acoustic guitar and the song is so good that honestly I don't mean this in a bad way but like it's so sometimes there's songs that are just like gonna hit in the pop charts because they're trendy and then there's songs that are just really beautiful songs that a lot of people would like and they'd hit the top charts and this one I think actually could chart but he has lyrics like, I'll be the boyfriend in your wet dreams tonight. That's right first, away. That's the first line and of the I'm song. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking awesome. Like, you don't give a shit about, like, general consumption of your music. No. Like, like if you had just, and maybe this is a kind of spot where, like, he was being micromanaged. So, like, cut that line out because this is a beautiful song. You could hit number one the charts. 
But instead, he's like, no, I'll be the, All the boyfriend, boyfriend in your wet dreams. Your wet dream. I was like, dude, major props. Like, you don't give a shit. And then great. I love how it starts <laughs> off with such kind of like a vulgar statement. Yeah. And then it ends with this like deep emotion. I know yeah. you got to leave, but yeah. it's like, holy shit. Yep. So it's, it's almost like he's weeding out the fake ass top 40 listeners. Yeah. With that line of about the wet dreams, yeah. and then the true fans we'll that stick, stick around and get like the emotional payoff yeah, that exactly. he delivers. Yeah, exactly. Great fucking song. Yeah, no, I love this song, and like the lyrics again. Like, I wish, wish I was there. Wish we'd grown up on the same advice, and our time was right. Grown up on the same advice, nice. I mean, it's lyrics like that that really add to. To a kind of depth nostalgia. Well, yeah, because like, it's it's almost like he's like, we're almost too different to be together, but yep. I still want you yeah. in in a way. And yeah, I haven't heard a song that was almost like autumnal. I don't know why. It just reminds me of like fall, nostalgic, sad, melancholy. Since like a Smashing Pumpkins song. Yeah, I love the Smashing Pumpkins because no, they like hit me deep, and this song hit me in the same like. It plucked the same heart chord as they do. Like, oh, I will say, <laughs> it. There is a distinct sound that appears in music sometimes that kind of hits the same mark as like the death of summer. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. nostalgic kind of like. Yep. Wistful summer's fading, pining feeling. Yeah. Transitioning into autumn. Yeah. And that is a similar aesthetic and vibe that kind of yeah. comes out of this song yeah yeah so yeah this Damn. is definitely top three best songs on yeah. the album yeah it's great fucking swiss sad boy are you kidding yeah, yeah. what we got to do something with young lean because yeah. holy shit wow. is he an anomaly <laughs> yeah let's move on to the next track good guy good guy kind of outlines this quick story of Frank going out on a blind date with a guy he met through a mutual friend. On the date, Frank learns that this guy isn't really into him and he's kind of just looking for a meaningless hookup night and Frank was hoping for something more. And then there's a kind of a distinct shift and there's an outro to the song of a conversation between two people as well as the second time the soft keyboard melody yep, makes its appearance that's right. that's right. and it's two people talking and it kind of it's i think supposed to be kind of making a commentary on like how difficult it is to have homosexual feelings but you're trying to like relate to your straight friends still because they're talking about like oh yeah i don't fuck with bitches anymore and then there's kind of this awkward pause and he's like yeah i don't really fuck with bitches either anymore yeah and yeah i don't it, it's kind of like a little throwaway interlude i don't i shouldn't say throwaway but, but interlude it's not a song. fully realized song yeah yeah exactly transition song so yeah I, I mean for a transition song it still kind of gets you a little bit kind of soulful longing retro vibe but yeah I, I didn't have a lot to say about it good it, it does a great job of moving the album along, carrying the same themes. Yeah. It almost kind of reminds you of the kind of thematic vibe and it moves you along. Yeah. So it's a success. It has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not going to like go listen, single it out. Yeah, exactly. You'd never listen to it. its yeah. purpose it's part is of to the be album. between the two yeah. songs. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to 
one of my favorite songs off this album. Yeah. Nights. Nights details kind of different events that happened to Frank on a particular night. Uh, it's split into two parts, similar to the previous track, Good Guy. The first part is a more rap heavy, aggressive part yeah. of the song. And then the second part is a much slower R&B kind of vibe. The track heavily references themes of duality, which is also explored throughout the album. And uh, interesting little note, the song is the middle track on the album. Ah, right there. And I uh. think that's why it features the two distinct sounds. Yeah. Because I didn't realize this, but this album is actually exactly 60 minutes long. Yeah, I saw that. And the transition in this song happens exactly at, at the 30-minute 30 30 mark. Wow, nice. So, again, just more fucking duality. And wow, nice. I don't know why people know this, but on the Rap Genius website, I guess the second half of the song is called Wet Wet. Really? I don't know where they got that from, huh. other than maybe it was referenced in the magazine or something. Okay, yeah. He mentions Katrina hitting there, yeah. too. Maybe that's part Trina. Of yeah, Trina. Uh, and, you know, this, this transition between the aggressive and the slower vibe also might be another reference to the masculine and feminine duality yeah. battling in, in Frank's head. And I, I will say, this is like, like I mentioned before, one of the only tracks on the album that kind of has a pulse to it. Yeah. There's yeah. a beat. Yeah. Maybe that's why it stuck out to me so yeah. much. Yeah, at least it the first half beat. of the track. Yeah, it has a beat. Ex distinct, explicit yeah. beat. Yeah. And in the second half, around the three minute 30 mark, I really dig the bass that comes in. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It was. Bass pops up. It feels like a completely different song, yeah. but you know, thematically he's still kind of singing about this duality between nighttime and daytime. Yeah, the segue, the segue is awesome too. Yeah. It's very like almost 1960s psychedelic with like the manic guitar, yeah, and tribal drums. I was like, nice, yeah. dude, that's crazy segue. And then dare I say, and then it stops. It stops, that, and then the second that, part picks yeah. up. And dare I say, it almost kind of has a vaporwave vibe. Yeah, I could see that. Half. Yeah, definitely, I could see that. Yeah, so, yep. what are what are what are your thoughts on nights? Yeah, this was. A, I thought this was a great song too. Yeah, I mean, similarly, I was like, oh hey, there's a beat, an actual kind of beat. And, I can nod my head to. This. And I just love the the kumbaya shit. Want to see yeah. Nirvana, but don't want to die yet. That again, any lyric you could just pick out and overread. But like, again, if nostalgia is kind of clinging to what's dead in the past. And loving it, but not quite there, you know, in the positive. That's similar too. He loves, you know, the past, but he doesn't want to die yet. You know, the kumbaya shit, want to see Nirvana, don't want to die. Again, it's surprisingly complex when yeah. you go deep into it. Of yeah, again, a duality, life and death, past, present, and the segue. I love the segue. I was almost like. If one were to indulge in psychedelics, and one that would stand out very strongly, <laughs> tribal drums stick in, and the guitar. Yeah, and that guitar and is very psychedelic. <laughs> I was sounding. like, wow, nice. It reminded me of like when the Beatles went psychedelic, like overtly trying to just like trip you out. So yeah, it was great. And then when that second part comes in, 
he shows off his great vocal range again with a kind of jazz fused piano R&B. And I, that's great. I did appreciate the pitched up vocals in the second half because of how much it was a lot more subtle. Yeah, like it was the, way more The first subtle. track yeah. is like really pitched up. <laughs> yeah. And this was like almost unnoticeably pitched up, just barely yep. pitched up. Yep. Now, I, being a white boy who isn't that much into hip hop and R&B, I still don't, I feel really old saying this, like I don't, <laughs> what is with the pitched vocals? I have no idea. I don't get it. <laughs> like, I know it is used frequently, yeah. but I just, I really want to, like, I know also like auto tune and stuff, but it it's seems just like, like it's in the same, like, zeitgeist. Vein, yeah, yeah. Like the auto, Kanye's auto tune 808s. And I'm just curious as to, like, has anyone done, like, a serious look into the origins the, and yeah. why? Like, does Frank do it because he honestly thinks it sounds better or does he do it because it is a trope in hip-hop and r&b music yeah yeah and yeah maybe that's what it I'm is i'm curious yeah. like is it homage to his heroes or does he honestly think this would sound better if my voice was higher yeah i i, I don't know because usually it doesn't this it, song it's very like in the background it's yeah. just part it blends in it part doesn't of everything. feel like yeah but it, otherwise it's not like commenting on the lyrics and it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with the lyrical content yeah no and it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with the slow r&b vibe of that section of the song it just seems like something to kind of sonically distinguish it from yep. the first half yeah 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 i don't know just, but just a thought no I had. no i'm cute maybe we should do a shuffle on the pitched yeah the chopped pitched. and screwed vocals yeah, yeah the origin the history of it i gotta do some research Get on it. Come on. All right. I'm, I'm slacking. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Nights? No, it's a good song. Yeah, and I like yeah. it even more in understanding now the the perfect split the to the song. Nice. Duality. Not one, but two. Every ah. time we say the word duality, I'm going to like edit in someone going, duality. Duality. I'm going to get both a male and a female saying duality oh. and overlay them at the same time. <laughs> Because there's it's two saying one thing. Dude, one. So dualistic. <laughs> That's so what? dual, dude. What's up with that? You're such a dual dude. A <laughs> <laughs> dual dude. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, let's move on to solo reprise. Solo mm -hmm. reprise is another interlude of sorts, reprising themes from the earlier track of the same name. Performed entirely by Andre 3000. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go out and say this, and it is in no way a slight towards Frank, but Andre's feature on this album might be the best part of the album. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's so yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I, I don't know that many people who could rap that fast but still have feelings. And, That's you, can, what I'm and you can understand about. everything he's saying. Yeah, too. You can, yeah, exactly. It's fast, emotional, and 
clear. This That's amazing. One minute, nineteen second track is so densely packed with references. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. It's... He talks about Black Lives Matter. He yeah. talks about becoming an aging hip hop artist. He talks about breaking up with uh, Outcast, breaking up. He talks about feeling irrelevant. He talks about selling out and yep. how he acts in movies now for income. He talks about how women cosmetically change their appearance. He talks about the sad state of hip hop and songwriting. People using ghostwriters. Yeah. It's just like, and it's just this torrent of ideas. Yeah. And it just hits you in a minute and then it's yeah. gone. Yeah. In that last line, too, like, did I just, did I work just way too hard? Like, fuck. Yeah. It, like, damn. Damn. I'm not even there yet in my life. But to have, like, hit made a career and then you wonder if you work too hard? Like, yeah. It's even just, Andre 3000's wondering if. You work too so crazy. Yeah, this is awesome. Awesome song. And awesome it, it's song. short and sweet. Like, yeah. I think if it was any longer, it would almost be a bit too indulgent. Yeah. But I feel like it sticks around for just the right yeah. amount of time and, and it just leaves you. just the piano in his voice. Uh, that's awesome. How many people could just walk into a studio and like, oh, I just need the piano? I'm sure they, you know, digitally helped his voice a bit, but I doubt very much. It's just fucking piano and his voice. And him just rapping the yeah. shit out of the song. And, like, the fact that, like, again, if you had heard a whole, like, song with Kendrick Lamar, then maybe people would kind of forget this song was there. You go the Kendrick song, but, like, boom. Solo. One of the best songs, its sequel, Solo Reprise, is just Andre 3000. I was like, fuck, that's, that's awesome. Genius. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Andre can fucking spit. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have too much else to say about it just because how short it is. Yeah. Other than it's just listen impressive. To it. It's so short, just go listen and to it. And it's one of the highlights of this album. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, let's move on to Pretty Sweet. Pretty Sweet marks one of the bolder moments of Blonde with an initially unsettling change of pace where Frank is singing wildly over a chaotic mixture of strings and synthesizers. Yeah. Uh, the sonic experimentation sets the tone for the lyrics, which seem purposefully lack, lacking in structure, further accentuating the chaoticness and asymmetry of the song. I don't, this, it kind of feels like there's like a series of like four little interludes right here. Yeah. While I know this is kind of like a two minute long song, it still feels kind of interlude-ish. Yeah. I do really dig the drumming that comes in at like the one minute 40 mark. Yeah. It's very impressive drumming. Yeah. And I do think this is one of the more interesting sounding tracks on the album. There's mm -hmm. nothing else on the album that sounds like this. Yep. But... I also think that this track must exist within the context of the album. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone would ever actively seek out this song to <laughs> yeah, listen no, to no, no, or I... put it on a playlist. It yep. has to be contextualized by the rest of the album. Yeah, it's not standalone. Yeah. To me, this song was almost like it was like a germ of an idea that either he was just going to condense to one song or he could have like proliferated throughout the whole album. Like, because this song was had seat was, it started out sounding like fucking, who are the guys I'm thinking of rap guys who are incredibly dissonant and 
death grips. It was almost oh, like death fucking grips. death yeah. grips. I mean, honestly, it was like nightmarish, yeah. like dissonant, no, I, loud, I, I, chaotic, I screaming, that. apocalyptic. And part of me was like, and here, I'm just going to kind of preview my final sentiment about the album ahead, because this is where it's most relevant. This song alone is just almost weird. It just stands out like, what the hell? But if he, this contains within it the kind of weird experimentation that if he had grafted throughout the album, it probably would have made this album like a 10, a absolutely perfect album. Because not only would it have been amazingly well done and complex, but it also would have like pushed me to think more about music. Which yeah. that's like a 10. Yeah. But instead the album is like constantly like a 9 to 9.5 because it's just great to listen to. Yeah. I just, so that's <laughs> to me it's like this like you said this song alone I'm not going to go listen to. But the fucking craziness of this song and his goal to put it on the album. There's a kid choir at the end saying you're sweet like a sucker. <laughs> I well, was like the yeah. fuck are you saying this? And wow. well, from some like, of the research damn, I did they cold. talked about how like calling someone like sugar or sweet yeah especially from the south which is where frank is from is a slang term for calling them like gay or feminine uh, so the fact that he has kids singing it might be a reference to like bullies from the playground yeah saying, I, that's what it's yeah oh, you're it sweet, sound like, like a taunting. sucker you're yeah, you're sugar him. you're gay you know yeah, yeah it's great it's bad i mean to have kids taunting you i was like damn that's like Again, that's like kind of like weird. It's like that's Stanley like, Kubrick. Yeah, shit. it's taking memory and nostalgia to like an almost like level where you don't want it to go. And so this, just like you said, this is not a standalone track, but this is the sort of thing that shows me not only is he extremely complex of a musician and can make great music, but he could potentially push genres. Which maybe he's already done. I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole. Maybe someday he will. I'm sure he already has. But maybe like, in the next two. But like, this so. is like Kubrick degree yeah. of like, oh my god, you Insanity. got darkness in you, dude. Like nightmare, shit. Yeah. So, again, it just shows off his repertoire. Repertoire. Yeah, very profound. So let's move on to the next little interlude in this series. He really shows off his voice in this one. Facebook story. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I didn't know he could do a French dude, accent. A great French accent. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So Facebook story is a skit where the real and the digital meet but cannot be distinguished from each other. Mm -hmm. French producer Sebastian recalls how his relationship fell apart over accusations over infidelity via Facebook. Uh, Sebastian actually commented on this track in an interview with Pitchfork, saying, yes, it's me, and it's a true story. <laughs> we were just chatting about life and relationships in general. I discovered that Frank was recording the conversation sometimes when something seemed to be interesting to him, but I didn't know when and why exactly. We were just having a discussion like anyone else, but he suddenly paid attention at this story. He maybe chose that one because this kind of story reveals something about our time. He maybe has another point of view. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a great little skit, very touching, very sad, very ridiculous. Uh, and this, yeah. again, marks the third appearance of the keyboard melody. Yeah. I don't know. I... 
Again, I gotta say, if there had been no keyboard, this maybe would have sounded kind of douchey. Like, she's crazy. Because partly in my head, I'm like, just fucking add her on Facebook, you That's asshole. what I thought, too. I'm like, like you're okay, being a dick. I, I understand on. where you're coming from. Like, <laughs> me being here with you is more yeah. important. I'm like, just... Just fuck, add her on Facebook. Throw her a fucking bone. Yeah, exactly. Just click. Take a second out yeah. of your fucking life and click accept. Like, I can see her side a little bit. Like, you really won't just like, do it. I can understand not wanting to be in a relationship on Facebook, but yeah. you wouldn't accept her fucking <laughs> yeah. friend request, you asshole. Yeah, it's like, why do you... If he said he didn't have a Facebook. Yeah, why would you have a okay. Facebook? But he's got a Facebook, and he just want to... So, and you're in a committed relationship? Yeah, so to me... That keyboard again keeps it from sounding yeah. told douchebaggy. Because it, well, it's like, <laughs> so if you're if you're dating her, and you have a Facebook, what are you hiding from yeah, her, exactly. you jerk? Is he actually never gonna add her? Would he can get married to her and never add her? And he just like took the higher ground as some fucking illusionary principle. He was no, that- the keyboard. It gives it that redemptive, nice, wistful, sweet, nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. you read the best into it. Yeah. Those keys. It's like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Like, it's life. You just kind of wink. Eh, it's life. Okay. Let's move on to the final little interlude from this series of interludes. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, might be my favorite track off this album. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Close to you. Stevie Wonder song, right? Well, it's, Is it? So I, Okay. It, yes. You're okay. right. Okay. Frank's Close to You is a cover of Stevie Wonder's cover of a song that was originally by the Carpenters. Okay. I've never heard any You probably have. Why you think I probably do birds suddenly appear oh, every time you okay. are near? Oh, wow. Okay, I have heard it. Just like me, they want to be close to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is... I'm just sorry I sang for all you people. I enjoyed it, Jared. I don't think the Carpenters actually wrote it. Someone else wrote it for them, but it was made famous by the Carpenters. Stevie Wonder did this infamous cover of it with a talk box, which I don't know if you know what that is. No, I don't know. I think Bon Jovi uses it sometimes with his guitar. It's like where you you put a hose in your mouth and you literally bite down on it and sing and play an instrument at the same time and it kind of puts out a robotic vocal. There's a guy who, like his career, your dad would, if yeah. he's listening, he'll it's know. It's not Bon Jovi. I know. It, bon Jovi did it, too. But someone else, like... There's someone who made his whole career doing Off of that, that shit. Yeah. So <sighs> there's, this, the there's this famous cover that Stevie Wonder did of Close to You that he never recorded it. It appeared on a talk show. He was performing live on a talk show, and he did this talk box rendition of Close to You. Yeah. And actually, the very last line in Frank's song is a sample of Stevie Wonder singing... <laughs> They want to be just like me, close to you, via his talk box hooked up to his keyboard. Yeah. And Frank is also paying homage to Stevie Wonder's talk box because he used a prismacizer on his vocals in this track. I don't know if you noticed, but there's kind of this weird ethereal harmonization going on with his lyrics. Okay. Yeah. So it's this device called a prismacizer, which kind of adds this kind of choral or multiple harmony yep. rendition yep. like almost like emojin heap uh that track she did uh from one tree hill or whatever macarena yeah the macarena right <laughs> what is the name of that song 
Fuck, Umbop drinks. Umbop. I always forget that name too because it's not a real word, right? Umbop. <laughs> it's Umbop. So this track follows the previous track, Facebook Story, and I kind of took it to be kind of so. Facebook Story is the story about this guy whose lover left him because he wouldn't accept her on Facebook, and Frank seems to be kind of talking from the perspective of this person, this Sebastian guy. Where he's kind of like, I wasn't surprised you're too hurt. And it's kind of just his reaction to this girl leaving him because she's crazy. And it's not a direct cover of the song Close to You. Because other than a few lyrics, they're entirely originally written by Frank. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends with Stevie Wonder singing Just Like Me, They Long to Be Close to You. I, I love this track. I wish it were longer. I feel like I could have listened to an entire song other than just this minute-long thing. I could have listened to an album of music like this. Yeah. This, this yep. is my shit. This is my aesthetic. This is... I could see that because it has yeah. like a kind of like industrial machine beat. It kind of has it, like a tobacco, yeah. Black yep. Moss, Super Rainbow yep. feel to it. But yeah. it's still catchy as fuck yeah, at the it same is. time. Yeah, some combination of Stevie Wonder and Tobacco. That's a fucking crazy yeah. combination. If Frank ever does an album of <laughs> yeah. all this music, but yeah, this I will die happy. This was one of the few that songs where I actually wrote down that has like a beat and it was an industrial. It's had it like it does a, have an industrial <laughs> beat to it. Yeah, so yeah, it was good. Trent Reznor, yeah. you need to collab with fucking Frank. That would Ocean. be fucking weird. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Whoa, I'd listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. So yeah, it's a good song. Short, but yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to White, White Ferrari. <laughs> I knew you would. You got, I knew you would. You got me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Dude, got me, bro. You're a dual dude, too, dude. Dude, we're so dualistic. Dude. Two sides of the same fucking coin. Fucking Ying. Joker yang. and Batman, straight yeah. up. Two face. <laughs> there you two go. Two face, bro. Two face. <laughs> you're fucking two face, dude. <laughs> One, two. One, two twins. <laughs> All right, so White Ferrari is a track of great emotional depth and speaks at volumes about love and permanence. Allegedly, this track features James Blake in some capacity. <laughs> yeah, I read I have that. no idea. I'm, I'm assuming it has to be musically because I didn't hear J- James Blake has a very distinct voice. Yeah. And I did not no. hear his voice in this song. And this is the track that the Beatles were given writing credit for. Uh, the line that Frank sings, Spending Each Day of the Year, White Ferrari, is a reference to the Beatles song Here, There, and Everywhere. So that's where they got their writing credits from. Okay. Uh. And I must <laughs> say, the outro to this song has a strong Bon Iver vibe to it. I wrote the exact same yeah. thing. It's yeah. total Justin Vernon yeah. material. You could have told me it was a Bon Iver song. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah. 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 And yep. I really I dug that. This. That was probably my favorite part of this song yeah. was the, that, that Bon Iver-ish part. Yep. The first part of the song is a little cheesy for me. I really like the middle part where the acoustic guitar comes in and then the Justin Vernon part yep. is totally up my white boy alley <laughs> but yeah yeah that's kind of what, what what did you think of this track i think this song is 
probably like the most like emotionally accessible across a, a large it's audience. It's very blatant in its emotions. Yeah, yeah, you'll be like, okay, I got... And I think... I mean, it almost kind of reminded me of, like when doves cry from Prince. I did get a Prince vibe yeah. to it. And... A strong I, Prince vibe. I gotta say, his imagery... The beginning, it it almost it does almost seem kind of one dimensionally emotional, but the like imagery, like driving dilated eyes, again, it's kind of like weird psychedelic Wait, perception. Doesn't Prince have a song about like a purple Corvette or something? Little red or Corvette. Little, yeah, yeah. So nah, they nah, nah, white nah, Ferrari, nah, little red nah, Corvette. Nah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. No, but, no, yeah. I'm, this, but is, then, this has to be a Prince homage in some way. This song also, right before the outro, which sounds, yeah, is just a beautiful Bon Iver-esque. His voice even, it fucking sounds like Bon Iver. Yeah. Kinda, it's very surprising. Has great lyrics, very emotional. But there's a serious, I think, I'm not well-versed in the tradition of R&B, but like you could have told me this is like R. Kelly. He comes in when he says, I care for you still and will forever. That was part of the deal, honest. We got so familiar spending each day of the year, white Ferrari, good times in this life. That The way he hits that, I think people that are familiar with the R&B tradition listening to this song, like I, I think they would, they would be keyed into that part and be like, damn. He can, yeah. not only can he sing like fucking R. Kelly, which again, R. Kelly is a joke now, but like, that dude has hey, a he's trend. trapped in the closet. That dude man. has a great voice. Fucking uh, what's his song? A pee on I you. Believe I can play. <laughs> Ooh, I Space believe Jam. I Space can Jam touch song. The sky. I mean, damn. Come on, you can't listen to that song and not. I think about it every night every and night day. And day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Spread That's my right wings answer. and I fly, fly away. away. <laughs> but like he sent to me, he channels that first part is him like playing with the kind of vernacular of Prince and R. Kelly. And showing like I can, I still am aware this exists, and here's my kind of spin on it. And then, who would ever think like Prince R. Kelly Bonivere? But it works <laughs> as a song. It. Yeah, yeah, he thought it. He thought it. So I, again, I thought again that's an example of him knowing when to show off what he can do vocally when he hits that, and then it segues with the acoustic guitar. In the I can do magic. I mean, kind of, you know. And this also goes back to his car fetish Mm -hmm. as well, white Ferrari. Yep, yep. But yeah, again, if you were to chart the emotional, nostalgic peaks, this one is another peak, I think. Peaks up. Yeah, Yeah. with the outro especially. Like, I'm sure we're taller in another dimension, but we're so small it's not worth the mention. mention. Those are great lyrics. He's a great lyricist, yeah. Yeah. Damn, Frank. And again, there, it's like you're the prison. You're in the prison of memory. They're both good and bad. Leonard Trap. Cohen. Yeah. yeah, Leonard Cohen. Prison of memory. Yeah. Fuck, dude. He's a great singer songwriter. Good song. Let's talk about Siegfried. Siegfried is considered to be the metaphysical breakup song of the album. Uh, based on the mention of a speckled faced, or based on the line where he mentions a speckled face, people are speculating that the song may be about the male model Willie Carter, who's rumored to have had a brief affair with Frank. 
Uh, and then in Norse mythology, the hero Siegfried is often depicted as a handsome man with long flowing hair, much like Carter. Oh. Uh, the song may also be making reference to Siegfried Sassoon, a British poet who had a number of homosexual and heterosexual affairs and encounters, echoing Frank's own bisexuality. Hmm. And Siegfried is also a character from the Soul Calibur video game series. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And on Frank's first mixtape, Nostalgia Ultra, he had a song called Soul Calibur. Nice. Okay, wow. So... That's there's, right. there's a lot of different paths this song, especially if you guys are rap, rap genius website users. This this particular song has many speculations and theories as to the, the deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. And this is also the track on the album that Elliot Smith gets his writing credits hmm. on. Uh, Frank references an Elliot Smith song, A Fond Farewell, during the section yeah. of the song where he sings, this is not my life, this is just a fond farewell to a friend. But whereas Elliot Smith was talking about killing himself, Frank is kind of just talking about his status in music and how you shouldn't read too much deeply into everything he says yeah. and how these are phases in his life rather than... The inevitable. I don't think Frank is going to stab himself in the heart to death like Elliot Smith did, which, might I mention, is so fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not trying to make light of a horrible thing that happened to Elliot Smith, but fuck. Yeah. Stabbing yourself in the heart to death? Yeah, it's... Holy shit. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Oh, yeah. Outside of him. I don't know if you knew... I don't know how much you knew about Elliot Smith. Yeah, he's the only person I've ever heard doing that. Like, that is some deep-seated depression. Yeah. I guess is all I can say. Yeah. Uh, I love the backing music in this track. Again, super quiet guitar. And I do, again, I really love the outro where he's yeah. saying, like, I do anything for you in the dark. I do anything yeah. for you in the dark. In the, yeah. It's almost kind of like this, like, disturbing mantra yeah. after a while. Yeah. It's, and again, yeah, it's like, I do anything for you could be very sweet. In the dark, <laughs> and it's again yeah. duality. Yeah, yeah. It's like you never quite know what he's always in attention. He's always at attention. And yeah. him singing "I Do Anything for You" has this like beautiful little singing harmony. Yep. And then he's just saying, "In the dark." Yeah. In the dark. Yeah, like he's not singing yeah. it. Yep. It's very kind of cold. Yep. This is, I think, one of the most heartbreaking songs on the track. I don't know. This song kind yeah. of tore me to pieces. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so soft and quiet. I just I wanted to like give him a hug after listening to it. He just he feels so crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah, no, same. Yeah, it's very it's kind of impressionistic. This had absolutely no drum, no beat, not even deep down in it. It's just like a stripped back keyboard bass guitar. And yeah, his voice with weird, like, the Beatles are sampled somewhere in this song, and I can hear, like, weird psychedelic kind of flutters. But yeah, it's it's very sad. It's very sad. And he has a weird, the lines where he's, like, dreaming a thought that could dream about a thought that could think of the dreamer that thought. That could think of dreaming and getting a glimmer of God. I'd be dreaming a dream in a thought that could dream about a thought that could think of dreaming a dream where I cannot, where I cannot. It's almost like a... <laughs> it's like fucking Christ. Like man. a... What is it? 
Costello, Elvin Costello, or whatever yeah, skit, where it's yeah, just kind of yeah, like this yeah. fucked up, <laughs> absurdist play yeah. on words. Yeah, exactly. Or like MC Escher, yeah. like lyrically. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's what dimension is this? Yeah. In? Exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. And again, his voice. There's great electric guitar on this. The guitar. Yeah. I love the guitar. Yeah, it's in in the vocals are great. That again, kind of remind me of Prince at his best with great guitar work and kind of beautiful voice. So yeah, it's a it's a good song. And again, the drug references are kind of cool too. Shrooms, seeing colors and light, hang glide. Yeah, I want to do shrooms and think of you. Yeah. And it's a yeah. weird mix of in especially like rap. You get drugs and like violence or being tough, but this is like drugs. I'm gonna do drugs and think about the person. Yeah, I they're love. helping me slip further into like the illusion of nostalgia. Yeah, that's a cool way to think of it. So yeah, it's a great song. Siegfried. Siegfried. Down to two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> down to two. Let's move on to Godspeed, which features one of the most highly regarded gospel singers that is currently active, Kim Burrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godspeed shares its title with a screenplay that Frank published in his Boys Don't Cry magazine. Uh, this is what he had to say about it. And this is his big comment on the nostalgia factor yeah. of this album that we've been talking about too much. Oh. Quote, I wrote a story in the middle. It's called Godspeed. It's basically a reimagined part of my boyhood. Boys do cry, but I don't think I shed a tear for a good chunk of my teenage years. It's surprisingly my favorite part of my life so far. Surprising to me because the current phase is what I was always asking the cosmos for when I was a kid. Hmm. Maybe that part had its rough stretches too, but in my rearview mirror, it's getting small enough to convince myself it was all good. And really, though, <laughs> it's still all good. Hmm. End quote. It's like, fuck, wow. that is like the most saged wisdom from a fucking 26 yeah. year old yeah that sounds like damn. that sounds like a goddamn 80 year old looking back <laughs> yeah. at his life yeah exactly like holy shit how much of an old soul are you like yeah. that is the most prolific insight that i've ever yeah as in my rearview mirror is getting small enough to convince myself that it was all good it's like yeah. fuck yeah he's thinks god damn it memory man damn Damn. So it's, it's that same thing. Like, of course it was shitty, but I look back fondly on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think we all yeah. experience That's that. That's nostalgia. High school yeah. fucking sucked, but it was fun looking back yeah, at it. Yeah, somehow now those were the great days. Yeah. yeah. While yeah. you were there, all you wanted to do was get the fuck out of there. And yeah. Just like, I don't know. So this is probably one of the most beat you over the head gospel tracks on this album. Yeah. I think... It's kind of about him letting a loved one go. Yep. And saying he will kind of always be there for them, but that they need to move on and find their own way through life without them. Yep. You know, kind of saying, like, I'll, I will always be here for you, but you got to kind of go on your own way now. And I feel like it could also kind of just be him trying to let go of his teenage childhood years. Yep. Like, this part of the album in an album where he so obsesses over nostalgia yeah, realizes so that not to get too cheesy but kind of like in Harry Potter where in the first Harry Potter book 
here he kind of gets obsessed with looking into that mirror yep. where he's just seeing his parents. Yep. And Dumbledore's like, people have wasted their lives away staring to this mirror of something that doesn't exist. And I think this might be him realizing, like, nostalgia's amazing. Yep. Yeah. But I need to fucking move on with my life. Yeah. So yeah. it might be kind of lamenting, like, I need to let nostalgia go. I need to let the, my teenage years go. I need to let go back when me and Tyler and Earl all hung out and Odd Future was still a thing because yep. lamenting the past is a dead end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think? Yeah, this is, again, this is him showing that he can do a ton of great types of music which most artists who are famous and rich can do. But he also knows when to do it because gospel music at its best is supposed to have a kind of like cleansing property. Like, boom, you're sick. And he uses this exactly like you said. He's been fixating on the past so much and you, the listener, have been there too. And then you get the fucking cleansing gospel I'll let go of my claim on you. Yeah. And you feel it too. Like, fuck yeah, man. It's a free world. Like, and damn, it, dude. The it's title perfect. Godspeed. It's Godspeed, like saying, yeah. see you later. Boom. Good and, luck. And Get out his of here. vocals, again, this is like Stevie Wonder, R. Kelly degree of vocal purity. Clean. I mean, it's great. This is, this is one of... It's again, if you listen to just this song, you might be like, it's a good song. If you listen to it in the narrative of the album it's a huge like peak emotionally like boom motherfucker yeah it's great and even more so at the very end he still doesn't let you off the hook because there's this crazy dissonant psychedelic unsettling vibe right at the end i don't know if you remember that no, it's I, like yeah. nah, not quite motherfucker yep. it's like damn I'm not letting you go that yeah, easy exactly. that's like shit but this is one of the most effective songs on the album that like retroactively makes me appreciate all the other songs yeah it's like oof. it makes you nostalgic for the other yeah, songs yeah it makes you nostalgic for the songs man Fuck. no it's a great great song in like Stevie Wonder could cover this song and I would think it was a Stevie Wonder well, song it's funny you should mention that because Frank has covered some Stevie Wonder songs live and Stevie has made mention about how he would like to cover a Frank song at really oh man this is perfect but he hasn't yet this song is perfect. Godspeed. Is, yeah, Godspeed. So, yeah, I love this song. All right. Let's move on to our final track. I can't believe it's over already. <laughs> it flew by. Futura Free. So, this track is split into two sections. Duality, surprise, surprise. Uh, the first half finds him kind of reflecting on his life and accomplishments thus far in a stream of conscious style. Yep. He rambles on about several topics, including fame, religion, sexuality, and also references Tupac and Selena, both who met tragic deaths at a young age. Mm -hmm. And the second half, which is split by a brief moment of complete silence is an interview an old interview clip conducted by frank's younger brother ryan yeah, yeah. featuring illegal civilization who's and their members which are mikey mikey elfrey sage elsler and nakel smith and this features the fourth and final appearance of the, the keyboard melody uh, the title track the title of the track references the popular sans serif font Futura, uh -huh. which is utilized by 
bringing up again Stanley Kubrick. Oh, and actually, right? okay. Wes Anderson, every one of his movies, the title's written that? in future as well. Okay, nice, nice. And actually in Boys Don't Cry, Frank's magazine, it's in he lists Wes Anderson as one of his biggest influences. Wow, so, nice. Uh, this is a a very touching track overall. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if it's the most enjoyable song to listen to, but there is a lot of emotion on this track. Yeah. And I feel like it's the perfect way to wrap up this odd album. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. It's kind of quiet, but it's also really enduring and emotional at the same time, which yeah. I feel kind of hits all of the vibes that this album was going for. Yep. Yeah. What did yeah. you think of Futura Free? Yeah, great. I mean, the last like third of this album is like almost like a medley that like I think of together, and this is a perfect end. Perfect end to it. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know what song Brian Eno was a contributor of, but this song I actually wrote, like the piano and ambient sounds with the bass beat at the beginning. Kind of has a Brian Eno y, yeah. new agey vibe. I don't to know it. which track he has credit yeah. towards, but that. It reminded yeah. me. I was like, is that fucking Brian Eno? But yeah, the lyrics are more stream of conscious than some of the other. Like, talks about minimum wage, his mom. His mom a lot. Yeah, his mom a mama, lot. Mama, yeah. mama, mama. But again, it's. I did also like his use of the Tupac mythos. Like, don't let him find Tupac. He got away. He's I was still like, alive. I was like, that's great. I actually have never heard any, like, rap artist spin it that way like he's still alive he's out there leave him alone or right, he quick, got out <laughs> quick tangent did you hear about this new movie that's coming out where johnny depp is investigating tupac's tupac's murder is that a joke or no surreal? there's a what? fucking movie coming out where <laughs> wow. johnny depp is trying to figure out whether tupac is alive or not still is it like serious or like half-hearted like i don't of? know I, I mean i don't think it's who's as, the director do you know I don't. Wow. Not off the top of my head. I don't know. I, I you know, it's it not as it's not as satirical as his Donald Trump yeah, movie. Yeah, not that. But form. this is an actual movie that's coming out. Wow. But sorry. Keep. keep, keep no, going. that's great though. But no, no. But I did love. I've heard a lot of people talk about Tupac, but I've never heard in a song an artist being like Tupac is alive but we'll leave him alone. He got out. Just let him I was be. Like, that, that's kind of a brilliant use. And then. I agree. The end just kind of sums up the whole album because you hear an interview. You just witness the past with him, and you hear that keyboard that, again, I think kind of primes you to to dig for something affirmative or positive about it. If you didn't hear the keyboard and you just heard it, you'd be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But you hear it. And you're like encouraged to make positive, redeeming meaning out of his memory. Yeah. And that's like the most positive way to end the album. And then it, it ends with the that line repeated, how long is a light year? How long is a light year? Yep. Which yeah, is kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where have we been? Where are we going? How far have we come? I, I That's kind of how I took that. So, yeah, I, yeah. And also just the grainy old interview tape. Again, has a fucking nostalgic feel to it of yeah. like old home movies or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it was the perfect way to wrap up this this crazy album. Like, yeah, I don't know the boldness. 
When you have something as indulgent and like self-masturbatory <laughs> as the life of Pablo, yeah, and then you put out something like this, something that is so subdued and so restrained, but also so rich yeah, and deep, deep, dense. Yeah, uh, Kanye's life of Pablo was like when a rocket shoots off into space and you have to <laughs> burn tons of fuel just to break yeah. the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. That was like Life of Pablo. It's it kinda, was yeah, all yeah. hype and no substance. That's like, it reminds me of what, I love Quentin Tarantino, but people say of Quentin Tarantino sometimes that his mo movies are just all surface. Yeah. It's just nothing but surface. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and Life of Pablo is all surface. Yeah. And then Frank's album is once you burn off all that bullshit. Yeah. And you just, you're burning clean and longly and sustained in space. Yeah. That's what this is. This is where, like, the meaning and truth comes through. Yeah. Yeah. It's There's not, soul. There's it's not shrouded substance. in yeah. bullshit and <laughs> yeah. antics Bravado. and controversy. Yeah. Yeah, there's feeling and depth and intelligence yep. and duality to say it for the hundredth time, yeah. and really, really, really great guitar work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lyrics, his voice, and the musical experimentation are all great, and they work together consistently throughout. Yeah. So that that's a sign of a great album. It's a great album. Yeah. So what do you give it? That was. What's your score? Or should I go first? I thought well, you kind of already, already said, said like nine or nine point five. Nine That's to nine point five, like a nine point two five. Initially, after I finished taking my notes, I wrote down eight out of ten. But as I've talked with you over this past two hours, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to you bump it up to a nine. You were on this selling. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not a ten out of ten. But it's fucking great. It's the kind of album that you i think gets better the more you listen the more you think and the more you talk about it. yeah it pay it and rewards it, it just really the more works. i think yeah. about it the gall that this guy has to put out such a subtle and subdued album yeah. in today's musical climate yeah takes not to be second it takes so much fucking balls yeah yeah. He could have easily put out this huge, like, especially which is known from the Odd, odd Future crew. It's just, like, big, loud, showy, noisy, yeah. talking, and then the lyrical content just being as, like, controversial and full of rape and murder and sex. And yeah. to put out this nostalgia-dripped, slow burner of an album just... Kudos to you, Frank Ocean. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, do you, do you album. think you have a fa what would you say is your favorite out of all seventeen tracks? If you had to pick one, let me think for a second. I, There's a lot of songs I, think I really. I already liked. said mine. It, it has to be close to you. Close to you. But yeah. I know that kind of feels kind of like a interlude track. So if I had to pick like an actual track, it'd probably be Nights. Yeah. Which goes, you know, I've been ruined by my emo and new metal upbringing because that's the only one with like a beat to it. Yeah. So it really stuck out to me. But I would say it's hard. Honestly, I think I know it's totally cheating, but like White Ferrari to Godspeed. If I that was that's one, that's not cheating. If that was one song, and then even Futura, White Ferrari to Futura is like the perfect like narrative of 
music like boom like you hit all these highs and lows but uh in terms of just standout ivy i'll probably listen to the most of just standalone when oh, yeah? you click on this ivy i love that song it's a great song and and solo i do love solo that's a great song it's all good it's all good it's all g yeah good job good Frank. job again the only reason i don't give it a perfect score is because that's like saved for me like sacred an album i hear for that, paul's next yeah for solo. paul yeah for paul mccartney's next album the real paul when he finally comes out but like like i said if he had done something like uh what was that fucking crazy song i forget even the name of it oh pretty sweet pretty sweet like if he had incorporated elements like that that are like almost borderline like nightmare disturbing dissonant throughout and like really pushed it then it probably would have hit like a 10 that being said i probably wouldn't albums that hit a 10 i don't listen to that much because they're too good yeah you say or they're so it's like a kubrick movie i can only watch that like once at like fucking 2001 space Odyssey. you're not gonna watch that every week of your life you're gonna or be the a passion of the christ passion of the christ, passion yeah. of the christ. Passion of the, but any gray movie you watch like once a year maybe once every other year yeah this is an album that's great and i'll it's already on my playlist i'll listen to all the time so yeah. you done good frank good job frank keep up the good work little guy young guy <laughs> little guy little chap well that will wrap up this review of frank ocean's blonde uh, thank you all for listening. Please connect with us on social networks, facebook.com slash shuffle at shuffle podcast on Twitter, shufflepodcast.tumblr.com on Tumblr, or email us at shufflecastpod at gmail.com. And please check out our posting for this on our website, which can be found at www.jrdsctt.com slash shuffle. On there, you'll I will post uh, Frank's album, his music video for Nike, as well as his initial blog post where he came out and talked about his first love mm-hmm. on his Tumblr. And then if you'd like to support us, there will be a link on the top of the screen to Amazon.com. If you click on that link and go on there, it will just take you to the normal Amazon and you can do your shopping as normal and we're always buying stuff off of Amazon. But if you go through the link on our website, they will kick us back a couple bucks to help for helping support them and they help support us. It doesn't affect the prices for anything. You get to shop as normal, but you get to support your favorite podcast. Yep. Shuffle. Kick it back to us, y'all. Yeah. We need a little kickback. Yeah, we need a little kickback. So Please do that. And otherwise, I hope you all have a good week. And thank you for listening. Keep being dual dudes. Yeah. Duel it up. Keep it up. Just be some cool dual dudes. White Ferrari. (laughs) Bye. Bye.